Welcome to the At The Coalface podcast with your host, Jason Greenwood. This podcast is all about what it's really like in the trenches of digital and e-commerce. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Pod. It is my pleasure to introduce to you today and bring to the podcast Adam Boris from Sydney, Australia. Adam, welcome to the pod. Hi, mate. Thanks so much for having me. I'm, I'm pumped to be here. Uh, it's my pleasure, mate. And I was really looking forward to this because, look, your family's pretty pretty famous in the entrepreneurial world in Australia. Yeah. Your dad, Mark, your brother, uh, Ryan, and you guys are a force to be reckoned with in, in Australia. And you're no exception to the rule. You're a chip off the old block and you've been entrepreneurial yeah. pretty much for your whole career. And yeah. you were had nice ties finished last. You be inspired kitchens and now you've got snatch it dot shop yep yep it's been a bit it's been a bit going on over the last few years for me <laughs> it's been busy it's exciting mate and you've been running snatch it dot shop i didn't realize until i started looking into it i didn't realize you guys have been running snatch it for nearly four years now yeah so it's an interesting story sort of getting into snatch it it did come off the back of nice ties finished last so I started Nice Ties Finish Last, a bow tie and, and tie company with a friend of mine in 2016. And I got into this partnership with Vayner Media, Vayner Sports, obviously Gary V. Um, and that came about via just a DM from Gary. He put a little short story on his Instagram saying, hey guys, I'm looking for bow tie accessory company for Vayner Sports to his 2 million, 3 million followers at the time. And I just DM'd him back. We just started. I said, hey, mate, I've got bow ties. What do you think? <laughs> and he hit me back and he said, yeah, man, sounds good. Like his Tyler put me onto Tyler, his assistant. And we ended up getting into a partnership with them like that, which was wild to think that's how that happened. And went over there and we signed like a 12 month agreement with them that we would supply, um, all of their athletes for Vayner Sports with our bow ties. And so I made a couple of custom-made bow ties for some of the guys that were graduating. They were uh, draft picks and a couple of the existing guys and flew over there and like hand delivered them to them, went to the office, met Gary and the crew. And it was like really exciting straight out of the gate to, to have that experience with them. And Snatch It was born on the back of that experience being that those call them obviously influencers or people of influences in the sporting world were now creating content with our product and our brand and distributing it through all their social channels and this was back in 2017 so really the connection between the transaction and the content back then wasn't as prominent as anywhere near as prominent or needed as it is now and at that point, people, these guys were posting content to their socials and like we're getting no sales through it. And it was using the Vayner Media engine and, and all of their support along the way to try to drive these uh, sales for these our products through these influencers and these athletes. And because they, they had commission deals in them for the uh, athletes that make an extra percentage on the sales that will come through and all these normal things and just nothing happened. And at that point, I was like really diving deep into why I like to really think of the granular problem when I'm trying to solve a problem. And it's why is there no sales happening? And there could be lots of other reasons. But the main reason was there was simply no transaction method. There was no ability to transact quickly for the customer 
from the content at the time. And that's where Snatch It was born back then. It's a beautiful thing to scratch an itch, isn't it? And it's funny you mentioned Gary. I've been following Gary for a very long time. And yeah. in early 2018, in early 2018, one of the things that that really forced my hand from a content perspective was I got yep. sick of Gary basically smacking me upside the head verbally in, yep. in almost every single post, kicking yep. my ass into gear saying, if you think you're a thought leader, prove it, put your content yep. out there, put it out there and, and open it up for critique and feedback. And let's just see, put your money yep. where your mouth is. And Gary is the master of putting his money where his mouth is from a content perspective. So I think that we're, regardless of whether you agree with Gary's approach or his mm. hustle porn coach culture or anything like that. Regardless of what you think of him as an individual, you cannot argue with his work ethic and you certainly can't uh, argue with his ubiquitousness. So I understand yes. from your perspective, yes. hey, look, this was a golden opportunity to tap into his ecosystem. But yep. then where does it go from there? And if we look yes. at if we look at Snatch It, the platform, I've done a little bit of research and tried to do my homework on the platform and, and I'll describe yep. it and you tell me how close yep. I get to what it is and how it works. So yeah, awesome. it's an all-in-one influencer marketing platform. It's a SaaS product, SaaS-based product. It's an app-based product. And it, and it has two sort of sides to it. It's got the, the retailer component and it's got the influencer component. And retailers, at the moment, you only integrate with Shopify, but you can custom integrate with other platforms. But from an e-commerce perspective, your native integration is with Shopify. So if you're a merchant on the Shopify platform, you can connect your catalog your Shopify catalog directly to snatch it. And then if you're an influencer, you can effectively almost like shop through the snatch it app, but you're not shopping for, for products to purchase. You're, you're almost shopping for products that you can represent. And then you can push those products via unique influencer marketing referral link. You can push that into your social channels. And then if any sales come through that, then you effectively get a commission on those sales by using your custom link. So it's a marketplace. Right. It's a platform. It's a marketplace that allows merchants to connect with influencers and vice versa. It provides all the plumbing. It provides the technology. It provides the visuals. It provides the links and the tracking and the referral codes. Yes. No, that's it. You nailed it. Like you seem to always nail when I listen to your podcast and you break down the, the way that things are. But that's essentially correct. Yes. It's a we have we have a product hub essentially that we can connect Shopify at the moment. We can do custom integrations like we're doing with some other big brands, Magento and all of those platforms are available to very easily connect the e-commerce part of the product inventory part to the platform. Something that's really key to that is the simplicity of it. Now, we all you need to do is log into your essentially connect your Shopify by putting your username and your password in. A lot of these other platforms out there, you have to essentially create these as these private apps inside the back of your own Shopify. You have to click on things that you're allowed to access and it's very manual for the retailer to do that and sometimes frustrating. We really simplified that because we, we wanted to build it for scale so that it was simply put your username and your password in and we will pull all of the catalogs and everything that we know that you need instantly into the platform. So that's really key. And then we allow the the retailer to set a per product commission on all of the products that are on their catalog. And we allow them to change what products they want influencers to be able to use and what ones they don't want people to be able to use. And then essentially the influencer, then we board the influencer and the influencer, we look at it two ways in the beginning and always wanting to be open and transparent about the problems that we faced in the beginning. And 
it was like, we can board the influencer, no worries, but do they have the product, right? The influencer is not going to buy the product, but they're not going to buy the product and then go and create content around it. That's just not how they work. They get gifted products from retailers or they've got existing content with existing products. So we had to look at the retail, what retailers and what influencers, we had to be very specific about how we boarded them. So we would board a brand, a brand, for example, let's just say, who's a good one. Let's just say we're, we're communicating with Q Clothing at the moment about bringing them onto the platform. So we would look at all the influencers that Q already has and all the content uh, that, that already have content. And then we would go after those influencers because they don't need to physically buy the product or get the product. They've already got content with that product in it so they can start using the platform straight away. Does that make sense? Makes makes perfect sense. And if we look at some of the more technical side of the platform, yeah. I know I'm familiar with Tribe Influence out of Australia as well and some yes. of these other influencer marketing platforms that really are designed to facilitate the creation of a brief by a brand yes. and then yes. being able to effectively farm that out to an influencer group. And then yep. effectively it can be the influencers can provide a quote or a suggestion, or they can almost negotiate back and forth around yes. the type of content to be created around a specific campaign on behalf yep. of that brand. And therefore the creative can be shared across the platform. It can be yep. negotiated. It, it can be signed off. There's a whole sort of I guess, publication process that a lot of these influencer marketing platforms mm. um, use that platform for. And yeah. then they also can handle in a, almost a fiduciary way, they can handle the, the influencer payments via the platform as well. Now, do you guys get into that level of depth with yes. that influencer engagement model? Or is it really, you're there to provide the catalog, the links and the plumbing, and then they would negotiate the briefing and the approval of the creative, et cetera, directly with between the brand and the influencer. Yes. So we don't, we don't look at it like, like our tribe look at it, for example, with this, the retailer creates this campaign. We, from the retailers that we've spoken to and the ones that we have on the platform, they want the influencer to, to do this for them without needing to go through this big campaign process. They, the retailers want the influencer to find their products, love their products, or they've previously communicated with the influencer via DMs on, 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 message, on Instagram, or they've done campaigns with them before, and they want to simply allow the influencer to continue to benefit from the content they've already created with the brand. So for example, let's just say someone's done a influencer shoot with um, a brand and an influencer. They've made all this great content. Now the influencer is going to start to post the content the way they normally would. I think it's good for the influencer, for them to be able to continually to earn revenue from that content by just posting it out to their existing platforms via this link that we allow them to create. In the beginning, we thought, we need to do these campaigns, we need to do this. And we didn't want to get too close to tribe in the beginning. So I really tried to look at it like all these campaigns are being created. Let's allow the influencer to keep making money continuously from those campaigns by just creating new content, creating new links. And to answer the second part of your question, with the payment side of things, we the influencer will earn a commission from the sale, for example, and it's just they can just automatically within the app just hit cash out 
and we'll transfer that money into the into their account instantly. So we do handle all of that clunkiness that does happen in e-com when a, a brand and an influencer have negotiated a 10 or 15% commission for something. There's no tallying up your monthly report sheet from Shopify and then sending them the money that's left over. We do it instantly for them. And the other big layer on top of it is it's not just single brand to single influencer. We can allow the influencer to use multiple brands products inside one piece of content and then generate a sale for the five different brands with five different products from one piece of content. So that's a big difference. The universal cart that we've built is really the big difference for those other platforms. Wow. That's a pretty cool feature. I really like that. Now, how do you see this? There's probably two questions and I'll start with the first one and I'll jump into the more technical one. So yeah. How do you find that most of your influencers are leveraging the link functionality that you guys already provide? Because as we know, Instagram doesn't support links in posts unless you're a business account and you're paying for an ad that can have a link in a post. So right. what we find is that, that the larger influencers who can have a link in their stories by swiping up, because obviously yeah. you've got to have certain number of followers before you can put a link in your stories right. or a link in your profile, right? A link in right. your bio. So is, is that how you're finding that most of your influencers are leveraging your links? It's either a link in a bio or it's a link in a story? Yeah, definitely. It's So the other part of it for the influencer is as they're creating these pieces of content, we store them in the influencer's profile inside Snatchit. So they can create 15, 20, as many pieces of content with all these unique shoppable links in them in one place that one place has its own URL, right? Where they can go, they can send that URL out or put it in their Instagram bio, as you said, and revert them back to their whole profile of shoppable content. So that's where majority of them are putting that URL um, back to their profile in their Instagram bio, absolutely. And then the uh, individual product, uh, individual pieces of content, they're putting those links in the short story swipe up or in the DM because a lot of influencers get hundreds and hundreds of questions all the time about the things that they're wearing after the post has, been, has gone out. People will continually hound these influencers. Hey, where is this? Where is this? They can just quickly send them that link in a DM and it's straight, straight to their piece of content that they're referring to. We find that works really well. And obviously as all of these other platforms emerge out of the ground, um, that the influencers, because we made it a URL-based platform so that the customer doesn't need an app to do it, wherever the URL can go, the transaction can happen. Wow, amazing. And you're almost like a link tree in a way, or somebody who's already using Linktree can have a shop link in their Linktree yes. as one of their links, and that shop link could be your link. So Correct. that one single master link could go yeah. in their link tree as an influencer. And then when somebody wants to shop their styles, they click on that and boom, it takes them to all of the product options that they're promoting at that time. Correct. Yes. Wow. Yes. It, it, that's amazing. And so you guys have your own checkout as well. So when the customer yes. goes to that link mm -hmm. on your app and yep. they open up that link and they sit, they see all those products that the influencer was promoting and they love it. Can they actually, because you said that an influencer can have deals with multiple, multiple. brands and yep. those all those unique links will be sitting inside their profile. 
and fulfilling that sort of marketplace side of the functionality, it sounds Correct. like the, the end consumer can add three or four items to their cart in your platform, check out, and then effectively those payments or those orders get injected into those Shopify platforms via API and those unique orders get created with the customers shipping details and everything else. And then of course the payments get distributed by you to those because yeah. you effectively you're buying through those Shopify stores on behalf of the end consumer. And yeah. so you're providing a unified checkout through your platform yeah. is what it was, what it sounds like. Yes, correct. That's exactly right. So we use Stripe connect to do a lot of the heavy lifting for us. But essentially, yes, we really, it's a really big part of our strength is our technology stack that we have and the ability for the multi-brand checkout to happen from any link anywhere on the internet is what we, what we believe needs to happen because it's convenient and it just makes sense, right? If you love two things in one piece of content, then you need to be able to buy both things straight away because that's valuable for both of those retailers both of those retailers to have that ability to execute on that sale like that. And yes, we then send the product, the shipping information back to the retailers. We send their money back to the retailers, uh, less our commission and the influencers commission and everything goes through their Shopify as normal. And they don't have a, they don't even have a Snatcher dashboard, a Snatcher, like a seller center, for example, there, there isn't one of them. It goes directly through their Shopify, so they don't have to do anything different than they're already doing. Now, the billing address and the billing email and the account yep. email on that order with that Shopify store is your email address, though. It's your billing address. It's just the shipping address is the end consumer's address. Is that is that correct? No, the it's all the customer's address, all of the customer's information. And then all it says is that the sales come from Snatcher.shop's platform. Okay, cool. So that means that effectively you're not pulling an Amazon and porting all the customer's details and information and only giving no. the delivery address to the merchant. The merchant no. gets the same level of detail from yes. the customer to add to their CDP or their customer yeah. database or their segmentation or whatever the case may be. They still get that same level of data access that they yes. would if the customer came and shopped directly on their website. Absolutely. That's it. And and we believe it's their customer more than it's our customer. Yes, we've we have the data as well, but it makes like it's fair, it's right for that retailer who's done the work to build the product and build the relationship with the influencer and for the influencer to execute, then it just it makes sense for everyone to win in that scenario. Totally. And and do you find that Obviously, you're built on the concept of influencers and influencer links and a specific, almost like a subcatalog curated by that particular influencer. But do you expect at some point, or is the functionality already there? Because I've never used the platform, so I, I have to yeah. make some assumptions here. But yeah. do you see a future in which the end consumer would come back and shop directly on your platform without following an influencer link because they know that your mm. platform almost just by definition already has a pre-curated range of mm. products from a specific range of retailers. And yes. it, it, it might be a collection that they just love anyway, just because of the nature of the way that merchants engage with you. Yes, absolutely. Look, we, we believe, obviously, we want that end consumer to shop from us directly. We want them to, to come to the, the app itself actually has a market. When you download the actual app, as a consumer, it has a marketplace platform, marketplace through it. So you can shop all the brands. You can even go and find the influencers. You could add products from a brand, 
products from an influencer into this big cart and check out. And I think it's a really cool shopping experience. And then on the back of that, then that customer, then we create a ghost profile for them. And those products that they had just purchased will go into their own profile for them to be able to influence and create content with so that their friends and family, if they're wanting, when they understand the, the platform and the, and the depth of it, the ability to make money from it, those end customers can then become influencers and start to earn money um, from it and then just goes on and on. The big goal is that the end consumer is the one that's, that's creating the piece of content and texting it to their friend and texting it when they're out for dinner because that's where those really unique, authentic, you know, trust relationships in purchasing happen is friend to friend and peer to peer. So we, we want to make it really easy for those people to make some commission along the way uh, when that happens. Wow. So it's almost like a multi-level, you know, network marketing platform for micro influencers as well and consumers. So there is an element of that micro influencer virality where if somebody loves a product and they love the experience and they love the UX that you're providing to them and it's and it just seamlessly yeah. everything gets delivered by the merchants that you curate and work with then yeah. obviously they're going to want to share that with their friends and all of a yeah. sudden now their shopping becomes cheaper for them effectively because they're being incentivized to share their correct. experience with others correct yes that's the end goal yes now, awesome awesome concept i really love it now obviously I'm guessing that there are, are there any other similar, there's tribe influence and there's other platforms that do elements of what you mm. do. But yeah. as far as I'm aware, you're the only platform out there that does this in this way yeah. in the market. You feel very unique. You feel very blue ocean. Uh, this feels mm. very creative mm. in its application and the way that you guys are looking to build it. Obviously, Australia is like the number one marketplace country in the world right now. Yes. So it makes, it makes sense <laughs> yeah. that you would, it makes sense that you would build it out as a two-sided marketplace and you're effectively the plumbing or the facilitator in the middle. Mm. And that makes perfect sense. And we've obviously got a lot of great iconic Aussie companies that have built out that two-sided marketplace around mm. connecting buyers with sellers, right? We yeah. even look at Afterpay and yeah. they've effectively turned their network of consumers in and their network of vendors into a marketplace. This model is a very well-trodden, I guess, pathway to marketplace success. And you, at, at the end of the day, it's like a chessboard. You got to move all these pieces of the supply yeah. side and the demand side. You got to move them forward together. Otherwise, the marketplace ceases to, to operate properly. Yeah. And by working with, it's kind of almost a three-pronged approach here. You have to have enough merchants on the platform to for, for influencers to want to be part of the network then you've yeah. got to have enough influencers on the platform to be able to publicize mm. the products from those merchants and then you ultimately have to have enough end consumers to make it mm. worthwhile for both yeah. the influencers and the brand so you, you instead of just a pure two-sided marketplace you've almost got a three-sided marketplace that you're helping to manage yeah look and we started we started building it back in 2017 early 2017 and we went to all the big brands and we spoke to them to get their feedback early on and we launched the product properly i would say about nine months ago about about nine to twelve months ago so it's still relatively early but where i see the competition well, i know that there's so 21 buttons is a uk influencer platform that was just acquired recently by a company called people which is an Eastern European 
platform that that purchased them for an undisclosed amount. But 21 Buttons did a very similar thing and it was an all in-app experience. You needed to download the app as a consumer to be able to do the thing that the the platform wants you to do, which I don't think is the best way to do it, but they did have success over a long period of time. There, so 21 Buttons, obviously there's To Know It, which I'm sure you're aware of, and there's a Depop are doing something similar. They're, they've obviously been acquired by Etsy, and I don't think Tribe and those places really come close to what we're doing from a technical standpoint because they're more about campaign relations. And I think for us, what we've seen is that having the three-sided marketplace is actually like a real it's a, it's a challenge and with instagram obviously doing what they're doing and uh, they're going to enable this very soon we're, we're aware of that and then there's uh tiktok it'll all, it'll all happen as soon as instagram does it properly it'll all happen and that's obviously carted the greatest the great you know exciting news around carted and, and everything that's going to be so there's a lot happening in the space. It is a bit nerve-wracking at times to keep going, um, but we're boarding, we're boarding new brands each week. But we think that, and this will be interesting to look back on this podcast, but we, we're in a position now where we feel that our strength that we have is in our technology and the ability to apply the technology to bigger platforms because the traction that we need to get the three sides going, is it's a real uphill battle that takes a lot of work and a lot of funding and a lot of really key people in it. So right now we're at a point, we're at a turning point, we're at a pivot point and we're, we're in talks with a few other bigger brands, bigger companies to apply our technology to what they're already doing. Lee from Browse, who's the one that connected us together, working with them closely to, to amplify their product stack and use our technology to help them do what they want to do as they already have traction there. So Azure the Browse platform is the one-to-one -one video conferencing for retail appointments online we're looking to allow that to happen from an influencer's perspective so it can be one to many or one to thousands and allow that same live zoom to happen through the multi-cart universal checkout from anywhere so that's where we're heading at the moment it's a big 360 but sometimes it has to you have to have a look at everything that's going around see where you're at and apply your your strengths to where they need to be Love the fact that you're avoiding tunnel vision. And I think if, you yeah. know, really, I love what Lee's doing over at Browse. I've had him on the pod as well recently, and yeah. they've had to do multiple pivots. I remember back in the day when I first met him and he just pivoted out, pivoted out of a marketplace into what became, you know, the future of Browse. And then they've obviously had to pivot and bring in the, the remote Zoom function into their mm -hmm. platform. So they continually, they're continually evolving. They're continually mini pivoting as and when yes. required to meet the market where it's at. And it feels yeah. like you're taking very much an iterative approach, just like they are. And yeah. it makes a lot of sense. Now, are you guys, do you consider yourself a global company? Can you work across any Shopify site in any region, any currency? I mean, obviously mm -hmm. Stripe's an on a multi-currency platform, but I'm guessing that you primarily focus on the English-speaking countries, English mm -hmm. language, Shopify websites, and I'm guessing all the major currencies that Stripe supports. But do you have any sort of geographic focuses or are you Aussie-centric or do you yeah. think, hey, we're pretty much a global platform and we're looking to be even more global in the future? Yeah, look, we see ourselves as a global platform, absolutely. We 
we can support. When we first launched the platform, we turned it on to every English speaking language. That was like day one before we'd even had any retailers on the platform. And it was really before we had launched, you know, what Snapchat is today. We, we had this global vision from day one that, that the world wants to use this. So yes, we see it, consider ourselves as a global company. Right now, it's easy for us to focus here in Australia and communicate with the Australian retailers and the Australian customers very easily. But I'm a person that like I see... I see the big vision really clearly. And if we go down the path with browsing or, or, or different places, then, you know, as with commerce, opening commerce, essentially opening up to the world, it's cross border. There's no one, there's no barriers anymore. It doesn't matter who you are, or where you are, or what you're doing. If you have an e-commerce site, you sell globally. So I just think it makes sense when you're setting up these businesses to to have that big vision in place. At least it allows you to build structure underneath yourself and allow payments and all these different things to happen when it does happen globally for you. So I do believe that we're a global company and whichever way it goes, I think that we have a really strong place in the market. It's just finding our, our, our right niche at the moment that's going to be the exciting new pivot that happens. Couldn't agree more. Now, from a, a financial perspective, are you guys yeah. bootstrapped? Have you taken outside VC investment? How does Ryan fit into it? As I understand yeah. it, he, he is primarily working on the CX side of the yeah. business and yeah. the UX side of the business. So yeah. how how is the business sort of structured and yeah. how do you manage your development? Is it is it a distributed team? Is it in-house team? Is it a contract team? How are you structured? As a business, yeah. yeah, Ryan and I are brothers, and we we bootstrapped the funding for it all the way, the whole way through it, really. And our development is done. We have a subcontracted development, but the the owner of the subcontracted company is actually one of the team, one of the shareholders of the business, and he holds some some weight in our decisions. So it just made sense for us to have him on board. He's been with us through other projects from the beginning. He's a great guy, but as we didn't have early traction, we couldn't pull him away from his role and it made sense for us to keep him on board that way. So that's how the development is structured and Ryan and I. So Ryan's really good at breaking down processes. He's really the one who who figured out the universal cart in this scenario for us. And he's also the one who decided to put it into a URL as opposed to a two-sided app. So he's very um, clever in that sense. And he doesn't have an e-commerce background. He just has a, a project management platform background that allows him to think this way. So he, he's really good like that. We went, we were in the middle of a round of funding recently. And obviously we timed it poorly with the with Carter doing their same round of funding at the same time. So we had similar conversations with the same VCs and everyone said, look guys, this is amazing. We love it. We've just jumped in with Carded. Come back to us in a little bit of time and we'll have another chat. We're at a position now where we're probably going to look at doing a, a funding round at the end start of next year. But it's all up for it's all a bit unsure at the moment in our mind as we're not sure exactly the direction we want to take this. So I can't put down a deck and a presentation about something I'm, I don't know if I'm completely committed for that direction on. We do have some great advisors and great people around us and great support from some um, substantial people in e-commerce. And they're all backing us in to make the right decision when the opportunity presents itself. So 
we've bootstrapped it ourselves for four years. My brother and I, we put about $400,000 into it to build it, which I you know, had a previous business and sold. So I, I made some good money from that to be able to do that. But yeah, that's where we're at with the financial side of things. And we can, we're continuing to push forward and bring retailers on and bring influencers on, but we're not doing any loud marketing and loud exposure stuff at the moment. Makes sense. Obviously, there's a lot of scuttlebutt in the industry about what the, the social platforms are going to do themselves and yes. how that might impact you. So it makes complete sense. We've got Instagram shops, we've got Facebook shops, we've got mm. you know, TikTok recently releasing its shopping functionality, but not interestingly, not in-app purchasing functionality, despite the fact that Doyen has it in China. So they're all mm. heading in that direction. But man, mm. I tell you, Western social media platforms uh, and apps just are so clunky when it comes to commerce. It's just, it's actually shocking. Yes. It, it's yes. absolutely, I find it absolutely shocking that mm. Chinese apps and social media apps and super apps have had in-app purchasing for years, for literally yeah. years and years and years. And they've had virtually frictionless shopping and connections with influencers and the like within their platforms for years. And yet yes. in the West, we can't, even Facebook can't seem to get their act together globally to make yes. this happen in the app. And so there's just, there's friction everywhere in social yes. media commerce at the moment. And mm. it's super, super painful. It's super painful for the consumer, super painful for the brands. It's super Retailers. painful for the influencers. It's basically, there's just pain everywhere and friction everywhere. And so you guys yes. really are attacking this at all mm. of the vectors where that friction mm. and pain happens. And you're yes. trying to remove as much of that pain and as much yes. of that friction as possible. And then, as you say, if you can create these strategic partnerships with platforms like Browse and maybe even Hero, which obviously mm. has been acquired by Klarna, but that feels yes. like a very natural fit for you guys as well, where, yes. again, that sort of hybrid digital experience that Hero has created, you you mm. would plug very seamlessly into that. As long as the merchant was, was a Shopify merchant, it feels like an absolute no-brainer that you'd plug into all of those sort of customer service, concierge tech type mm. platforms. Yes, absolutely. And as I say before, if, if they have the traction and, and they're trying to do something that's clunky and sucks, because as you said, so much of it sucks, we can make it so much easier for the customers on the other side and allow the influencer to, to essentially act as a retailer really easily. I think it's going to be really interesting how a lot of these players go down the influencer path and how they set the how they allow the retailer to set the commission or if the platform itself sets the commission how they're going to handle universal cart from anywhere i think it's a really exciting space and i totally agree i look at the chinese apps and i spend time in that space and i just get frustrated that they have these clean experiences and this this incredible you know purchasing journey that, that they go through it's not even a journey it's, it just happens without even trying to make it happen you just you're looking at it you want to buy it and it's bought and it's done Whereas we, we really have to put like thought into buying the thing and how we go down that process. I think there's so much room in e-commerce here in Australia and definitely in the US where that can be fixed and we can fix it for a lot of these big platforms. Great to hear. And I definitely feel uh, that there's lots of blue ocean space for you guys to attack. No mm. question. Now, changing tack for just a minute, your dad, obviously yep. famous uh, Aussie entrepreneur, he's a pretty loud voice, a pretty proud Aussie boy, and he's done some great things. He's got mentored, he's got his, his awesome podcast, and how much from, for, you know, 
speaking for you and, and your brother, mm. how much of your father's, I guess, influence or DNA or mm. sort of entrepreneur mindset do you think came from your dad versus maybe your mom or other influences in the family or just the yeah. market in general? How, how did you, I guess when we look at your experiences growing up and being surrounded mm. by that concept of entrepreneurship, how much did that influence all of the things you've done from this perspective? Yeah, Mark's actually my uncle, not my dad, but he... Oh, sorry, been, I thought he was your dad. Sorry about that. No, it's okay. But look, Mark is, Mark's always been... He's one of those guys that you, he walks into a family barbecue and you just feel the, the presence that he has. And I remember very clearly a few years back, maybe about 10 years back, he came to a, a family function. And this was before I'd really dived into to wanting to build businesses and, and become something. And he walked into this barbecue and I just, I just felt this energy from him that I hadn't felt because I hadn't like consciously be trying to understand where I wanted to go in, in my life. And I just thought that day, I'm like, I really want to feel what he feels. I really want to understand what he feels. And, and he felt like he was free and he was confident and he didn't have any worries. So obviously he has lots of worries and lots of stress with everything he does. But Mark's always been someone that I've looked up to. I, I love his honesty. I love his he is what he is, whether he's like how he is on the mentor the other day on his Instagram, having a shoey um, for one of the beer companies that a friend of his sent him beer for, or if he's really getting granular and talking deep business tactics with the entrepreneurs, it's just, he's exactly how he is. And I, I just really look up to him and he's always been this person that he gives everyone his time when you know when he's around and look when i was growing up i didn't want to be i didn't want to own businesses i wasn't like having the lemonade stand when i was five years old out front i used to surf and i played a lot of rugby league semi-professional rugby league for a while and it wasn't really until i was 23 24 that i just decided that i'm going to start to make my own money and start to, to build businesses and for seven years, I built a, a kitchen, a joinery business, a joinery design company that, that I started and sold only very recently. And that was my start into it. And then I went to, I flew over to LA and, and had a, a conference with Ty Lopez, the big American social media giant, and had a chat with him. I went to dinner with him and a group, a small group of people. And I could just see the way these people move through life. And I just, I just got attached to it. And I just wanted it. And I started building businesses on the back of that. And some have been really good. And, and I've made some mistakes along the way, which I, I wear on my sleeve, which is really a big part of it. But I'm, I keep going forward. I'm really excited about what the future holds for Australian business, for e-commerce. And I take it one day at a time. I just work really hard and I'm okay with mistakes. And I'm, I'm excited about what's coming. Couldn't have said it better, mate. I'm really impressed with that approach to life. It feels like you're winning. And, and even when you're losing, it's not a loss, but you can never stop someone who doesn't stop. And, yes. th and that's the whole point, right? Is that we keep grinding on as entrepreneurs and I've got my, obviously my own startup and I yes. know, and I've had my, I've had my own e-commerce pure play before. And so I, I very much resonate, I guess, with what you're saying around this, mm. this concept as we, as entrepreneurs, it feels like we've, we're gluttons for punishment really, because at yes. the end of the day, it's a whole lot of risk. It's a whole lot of stress. It's a whole lot of hard work and absolutely no guarantees of success. Yeah. So the longer we stay at it and the harder we work and the more effort we put in, the greater the likelihood of success. Yes. And I guess it's yes. that I guess it's that 
concept of being the master of your own destiny that's really mm. attractive to us as entrepreneurs. And it, it mm. doesn't mean that we're always going to win, but it means that we're always going to learn and we're going to stick at it until we figure out a way to, to make things work. And I think that's really what separates us from people that, that need to be in a, a secure job and a secure role. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. We need people in the market that want to do that, that want to help entrepreneurs and business yeah. people to build their businesses, because we can't yeah. all, it'd be difficult for every single person on the planet to be an entrepreneur because we would yes. never have any support for doing what we're doing. And we wouldn't be able to build a team behind us to help us achieve those visions. But it's super exciting what you're doing there. And if you were to, to look out into the future now, you've talked a little bit about, hey, you guys are really keeping a very close eye on market developments and you guys will continue to pivot and adjust and adapt as and when required to continue to make sure that your product is as market relevant as it can possibly be. But is there anything on the near term horizon, say in the next six months that you go, we're going to add this to the platform in the next six months and we, we recognize this gap and we think this is going to make our platform 10x better. We think it's going to improve the UX dramatically. What are the kinds mm. of things you're seeing right now that, hey, we'd love to do this with our platform? Yeah, the the immediate thing in the, the near future is this connection that we are communicating with Browse on. We're looking at, I know that you know what they do, and we're looking to really amplify their platform so that they can create these experiences globally that Lee and Shane have in mind for their customers and what they see the future to be. A lot of retailers want these influencers to do these things, right? But sometimes the influencer doesn't want to do the thing that the retailer wants them to do. So that's where our platform struggles a little bit in that we see that the influencer should just want to do this. And I think that's a mistake from us. So applying that to browsers technology platform so that they can enable their retailers to organize these sessions for their influencers, I think is going to be a huge part. I don't know what's going to happen with Snatch It as it is now, as we had dreamed it to be, but the near future for us looks like, looks like something to do with browse, something to do with hero potentially, and me finding a few other platforms to, to reach out to see how I can fix their problems. That's what the future looks like for us. Very exciting. Now, what would be, as we come to the end of our time together, what if you could give one piece of advice to some entrepreneurs out there that are looking at developing an app, they're scratching an itch, they're seeing a gap, they're, 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 they're arriving at this place where you guys mm -hmm. were nine months ago or a year ago, four years ago, where... You guys go, man, if nobody else is going to do it, screw it. We're going to do it ourselves. And we're going to, yes. we're going to plug that gap and we're going to scratch that itch. If there's an entrepreneur out there that's considering doing that and they see a gap, what would be your seminal piece of advice for them based yeah. on your experience? And then yeah. how do people get a hold of you? Or how do you want people to get a hold of you? Well, what I would do based off what we did in the beginning, what I think we didn't do correctly, which I, I think that everyone else could learn from is we built something that we thought people wanted. We built something and we had lots of versions of it in the beginning, but we built things that were incredible that, that had people love the idea of them. And we went and spoke to people about them, but actually getting, testing your product and testing your service, whatever it is in the real market before you go anywhere with with expensive development costs is such an important thing. I know it's so basic, but it's really easy to say, okay, I think that e-commerce needs to do this. Let's go and build it. 
and let's make a really big noise about it. But if the people that are actually using it, the brands, the influencers, whoever it is, if they don't want to use it, then you're going to waste a whole lot of money and a whole lot of time. My advice is to, to spend as little money as possible presenting the idea on paper. Take it and then show it to the people that you think are your customers and get their feedback before you spend $1. That's like a really key thing when you're building technology, as I'm sure that you'll attest to. That is really important. And the other side of it is take their feedback with a grain, take their feedback and deeply listen to it. Continue to listen to your instincts around it, but you have to listen to that feedback early on and just keep doing those loops. They cost you no money just a really nice presentation until you get it right. That's what really would be key um, if I was starting something again. And where can you find me? I'm on LinkedIn, um, Adam Boris. I'm on there a lot and I'm running a, a perfume brand at the same time, whoiselijah.com.au. So that's something else I'm doing on the side as long as this. So yeah, find me on LinkedIn and I'm really pumped to continue to talk to people like yourself. I, I love having my finger on the pulse about everything that's going on. And yeah, I'm excited for a new future for e-commerce in Australia. Boom, mic drop moment. Absolutely love it. And if we just go back to that piece of advice that you gave around trialing in a low-cost, low-risk way, what you're thinking yes. of doing and getting that out to market for some feedback as quickly as possible, would you advocate for doing something like a rapid prototyping or something in Figma or Envision or something like mm. that that can that can actually show some of the yes. potential interactions of what you're going to build before before actually writing any code behind that. Even in a low-code or no-code way, you're still having to do some element of development. Whereas, yes. obviously, if you just create the interaction layer and the designs mm. in something like Figma, then it allows people to get a real true sense and flavor sense. of what yeah. that interface is going to look and feel like without actually yeah. having to write any underlying code. Is that the kind of thing you recommend? Yes, absolutely. I, I think give them as much of the experience as you possibly can without going too deep into three month build times, four month build times and costs and costs. I think you'll always want to get that reaction from someone's face, that reaction you get when they have that aha moment, when they try something new that instantly resonates with who they are. If you can get that to happen at low cost, and keep pushing towards until you get that moment at low cost, then that's absolutely the way to go. Perfectly said. Adam, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the pod. I've really enjoyed it. I hope you've enjoyed it too. And yep. uh, you know, I'm going to be watching you very closely from the sidelines and cheering you guys on. I think you're doing some really cool stuff at Snatch It. And for anybody that wants to find out more about Snatch It, they can go to Snatch It, S-N-A-T-C-H-I-T dot shop and they can learn everything about the Snatch It platform and look to potentially start working with you guys. So thanks for coming on the pod, and, and uh, we'll chat again soon, mate. Awesome, mate. Thanks so much. It's really great to talk to you. Thanks for listening to the At The Coalface podcast. If you want more At The Coalface, you can subscribe to our premium e-commerce and digital newsletter, At The Coalface Digest.